are back in the Football Shed, your weekly football podcast for fans that live in the wrong time zone, uh, like we do here in Melbourne. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is still on holiday. When's he back? Next week? It, well, he says he's back next week, but I kind of mm, don't believe him. Probably got another holiday booked somewhere <laughs> exotic. <laughs> yeah. but he's been away for about six months now, so uh, he'll be back soon. Um, Good, John. I'm sick of you. Well, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you to the monkey house. Yeah. <laughs> it has just been date night for a long time yeah. now. Um, Jeff, I feel like date night has maybe got a bit dramatic for you. You've just gone for a whole bottle of brandy this evening. Just drinking some straight brandy. <laughs> <laughs> On a Wednesday night. Wednesday's brandy day, isn't is it? Is that what having a second child does to you? Yes, and I'm drinking my way through the Christmas cupboard. Nice. So I'm getting through the brandy next week. I'll be on the straight whiskey. There's two bottles of that. Oh, good. I uh, <laughs> might be on some expensive champagne on week four, depending oh, nice. on how we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, brandy night. Good one. And then it'll be Easter and it'll start all over again. Perfect. Good one. I'm just drinking Bolter Lager, which if Roger was here, he'd be really upset because Bolter was an independent beer and then it got bought out by CUB like a week ago. But that's just like a startup getting bought out. I think that's fine, you know? Yeah. I'm happy with that. But Bolter's owned by, um, you know, that surf Australian surfer guy that got um, eaten by a shark? Yes. And then punched him and got away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he set up. Yeah, good but, on him. Yeah. And now he sold it to CUB and made millions. I, um, my, I, someone, you know, got, someone got eaten by a shark... In uh, Perth. In Perth. Yeah. I said to my kid, a three-year-old, three I said, yeah. oh, someone got eaten by a shark the other day. He goes, what was his name? <laughs> I said, I, I, I don't know his name. Uh, the bloke or the shark? He goes, the shark? <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know his name. He goes, is it Alan? I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Alan. Alan the shark. Yeah, Alan. ate a bloke. Yeah. Wow, good. There you go. <laughs> Feel sorry for the next bloke he meets called Alan. Uh, yeah, just, ooh, don't like him. Bit of a shark. Um, every week we start with a question, but before we get started, is a little bit of admin. Um, if you want to get in contact, ask us a question, tell us we're wrong about something, um, you can find us on Facebook, just search Football Shed, or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review, and of course tell your mates so more people can hear us talk nonsense. Now this week, question is about cup competitions. It's been... Ooh, exciting. Well, no, it hasn't been. No, has it, it hasn't been at all. No. <laughs> it's been FA Cup week, and then it's been League Cup this morning and tomorrow morning. But so it's a kind of cup related question. It's about Brendan Rogers. Okay. What year did Brendan, Rod- Brendan Rogers last lose a domestic cup game? Okay, well he won the cup four seasons in a row for Celtic. Leicester have not lost a cup game yet because they're in the semis of the League Cup. Yep. They also won in the FA Cup. So I'd say it's at least five years ago on that logic. So 2014. 2015. Oh. Versus Aston Villa, who they play tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah, for Liverpool in the FA Cup semi-final. But that's oh. an incredible record. He hasn't lost a domestic cup competition in five years. Yeah, he was at Celtic at a time where Rangers didn't exist. Yeah, true. So, but you still got to win. Yeah, you still got to win, I guess. Fair, fair like, enough. Man City, the best team around. They don't win every year. No, good. Um, but yes... <laughs> But this week, what we're going to do, so last week we did a Christmas roundup because there was so much game, so many games of football and we were off for a few weeks. So we thought we'd round up um, what happened over Christmas and then we missed out a lot of teams. So this week, we're going to do the teams we missed out on. Can I, can I, just, wrap, can I just go back and do a bit of housekeeping, right? Yeah. Um, I have had a few people talk to me this week about the word asterisk. Yeah, it's spelt with an X. 
It's not spelt with an X. No, but in right? my head it is. But I I took on your advice last week that it was spelt with an S and I felt like an idiot. And then a few people were like, oh, Jeff, what an idiot. Oh, asterisk, asterisk. What are you saying, asterisk? Yeah. And actually, someone texted me today and said, no, I'm right. Um, so, is that the first... eat your hat, Jonathan Hewitt. <laughs> is that the first time in your life you've been right about a spelling? Yeah, completely and right. Yeah. Mr. Dyslexic. Yeah, and I obviously read it phonetically, which is why it sounds completely <laughs> wrong. But yeah. yeah, I just wanted to highlight the fact that I'm right and you're wrong, Yeah, John. well, I'll, I'll take that, but in my head it'll always be with an X, and there'll be a little man with a moustache and a big fat man. But I like that no one was arguing my point. No, Everyone was yeah. just arguing about the word. No one can remembers what you said. Liverpool, asterisk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's quite a good point. Yeah. I forgot because of the asterisks. Anyway, the first team this week we're going to look at is Man City. Now, Man City played this morning and smashed Man United, basically, Mm -hmm. in the League Cup first leg. But over the Christmas period, they played four. They won three and they played really well. But they also lost to Wolves, which I reckon was the best game over the whole Christmas period. They were 2-0 up and had Edison sent off. After about 15 yes, minutes. I remember, yep, yep. And Wolves came back and were brilliant. Um, but a lot of talk has been around, uh, like Man City are obviously brilliant and they're doing really well in the League Cup this morning, but is it the end of Pep? Is the time coming where he's running out of energy, he's running out of new ideas, he's getting a bit bored of his players? Um, is there? Can you see Pep being at Man City next season? Yes, yeah. I can. Probably through sheer laziness, not through desire. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long day. No, I'm no. quite, quite negative slid on this today. I just, um, you know, we've we spoke about this before that usually he gets to the end of his cycle. You know, he's not good at building a side from scratch. He he yeah. comes in and changes the methodology, but then he can't ever rebuild. He can't replenish in the same yeah. way that Alex Ferguson yeah. used used to be able to do. And he's got a history of leaving in what his. Halfway through third, his third, fourth, fourth year, 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 every single club he's yeah. been at, um, his contract runs out at the end of next year. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so you know, I th- I have to say he has previous for for leaving. One thing that City have done that his other teams didn't was essentially make City about the Guardiola machine. Yes. Now Bayern Munich were Bayern Munich before Guardiola was there, and they're Bayern Munich afterwards. Guardiola was a custodian of Bayern Munich. I, I yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That. Um, Barcelona were Barcelona before Pep. Pep made them play like Pep, essentially, yeah. but that was only slightly different to a classic Barcelona style. Yeah. And he's left, and they still play a Similar classic way. Barcelona yeah. style. Whereas Man City did not play the Pep way until Pep arrived, which means that they've they've set their blueprint up to reflect Pep Guardiola. Yeah, now, that's, that's the first good. time in his career that I've that I've seen that. So I wonder whether he is more in tune with the club, or whether the club are less willing to let someone like that go because it's very hard to replace. I was going to say, if he does go, where do you go next? And going back to a person with the question, is Brendan Rodgers someone who could step into the Man City job? If Brendan Rodgers does well at Leicester for the next couple of years, is that the kind of job he could go and take? I think they they do play a different style of football. It it's it's easy on the eye, and it could be. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm a footballing expert and everyone else is an idiot, but I'm going <laughs> to... But everyone else but, is an idiot. <laughs> and I'm not going to sound an expert either. But I, I think that um, they it looks the same sometimes. Yeah. But Brendan Rodgers often tries to go direct as soon as possible. Mm. So what I mean yeah. by that is, is he will his teams will build up like Guardiola teams, but they will not 
play the final ball like a Guardiola team. They will yep. not go for the cutback. They will not get to the byline yep. and cut it back. The opportunity before that ball to the byline will always be a through ball into space that the striker will run onto. And that is um that's that's different to the way Man City are, are playing. And you know, you we watch every single interchangeable Man City player playing in the same way. They go to the byline, they cut back. Doesn't matter who's in the middle. Yeah. Bernardo Silva scores this week, and then it's David yeah. Silva, then it's Raheem Sterling, all scoring the same fucking goal. Yeah. That doesn't happen in the Brendan Rogers side. He it's that phase before that that they'll play into space, but in the box, and that will yeah. that will be through to a striker. And and that's pretty consistent for Brendan Rogers. So I'm not sure that he's the right man to continue the mould. But they've lost Arteta because Arteta's gone to Arsenal. So he was the perfect like next stepping stone pep to Arteta. And he'd been brought up the Man City way, if you want to call it that, and was ready to just step into it. And where they don't have that person now. And I think Pep, if he doesn't win the Champions League this year, I think he'll go. You think he'll go? I just think he's had enough. He, he doesn't. There's a demeanour about him of like, I'm kind of bored of this and I'm kind of exhausted. He doesn't have an off switch. There's no way he turns off ever. The league's over. Liverpool have won the league. So the only thing they have to play for is Champions League. And you've got January coming up. They need to buy a centre-back. Buy a centre-back, win the Champions League. And I think Pep will go, yeah, great. I'm enjoying this again. They don't. I think he'll just go, oh, fuck it, I'm bored. Do you know, I this is a lot in what you're saying, but I'm going to say something that might be controversial. I think they also need a striker. Yeah, okay. Um, they played with no strikers this morning against Maynard. Oh my God, that is the first sign that a team need a striker. <laughs> is Aguero injured or just getting Aguero is injured. Okay, so obviously he is not putting faith in Jesus. And, and but Jesus has been good over Christmas. Mm, but I, 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 I disagree. Yeah, okay. I, I actually think that Man City are where they are at the moment because of Jesus. Yeah, okay. so, so there's a... Um, if you look at the strikers' conversion rate for players, obviously, if you just happen to come across a statistic, the strikers' conversion rate for players who've scored eight goals or more. Have you got that season, on your phone right now? Amazingly, I do have it, have it right in front of me. Um, from As I say, players who've scored eight goals or more, Jesus has only got a 15% shot conversion rate. Yep. Now, that goes up against Jamie Vardy at 35%. Yeah, well. He's only scored eight goals from 52 chances. It's not huge, is it? Now, if we look at the way Man City play... The chances you get as a centre forward about three yards out, <laughs> three <laughs> yeah. yards out. Yeah. So I've got to say, um, of all of the players that I that I'd be looking at and going, oh, maybe maybe there is a weak link here. It's Jesus, but, but he's very young. He is very young, but I'd say that you. What are they going to do? Give him two years to to become more efficient, or do what Pep does at all his teams and fill them with midfielders? Like this morning, he played with no number nine and had. Silver and Mares and the kind of Sterlings of this world are playing just off the front, and then he had Fernandinho in the back line. So he's basically playing eleven midfielders. Uh, look, that's his dream. He's jizzing himself yeah. off playing eleven <laughs> midfielders. That's what he wants to yeah. do. But I do think that you need a plan B and a plan C in the Premier League, especially in the Champions League. Also, in the Champions League, well, you need a number nine. That's where he's fallen down the Champions League a lot. Is he? seems to overthink it and kind of get try and get too clever in the quarterfinals, semifinals and think, oh, this is how I'm going to beat Juventus and do this fancy thing. 
Whereas actually Juventus just go, I'm going to win this game. They just pile drive. Yeah. They, they just push and push and yeah. push and go, yeah, game of their lives, cup final, however you want to put it. Yeah. But they, they play a, with a different mentality to out-thinking and out-foxing. I mean, City out-foxed United this morning. Oh, massively. They played better football. They were brilliant. And United were awful. And, yeah, United were poor. And um, well, they, didn't he start Lingard this morning? Yeah. Took oh, him off after oh, half-time. It, it took him off at half-time and everyone cheered. Everyone's like, yeah, get off. Oh, poor bugger. Yeah. Like, he's having a tough time, Jesse Lingard. Yeah. So, obviously, they need a centre-back. I'd say John Stones hasn't fulfilled his potential having moved from Everton to Man City, um, mm. which is a shame because he had great potential. He still does. I still think that if he played with uh, under a coach that was a bit more robust yeah. or, or liked the dirty side of football a bit more, he can still fulfill that potential. But he doesn't have what Van Dijk has. No, and no. at that caliber of centre back, we should be comparing those yeah, two. Yeah, he has something that Van Dijk doesn't. He he's yeah. a better ball player, and he is incredibly confident. But he doesn't have the mongrel in him that Van Dijk does. No. And until he gets that, he won't be a, a world class top centre back. And I think, well, I think he has the ability to do it in the World Cup for England. He showed that he was winning headers you wouldn't expect him to win, making tackles at important times. But he's got to do it every week. He's but too hot and cold. That's not rewarded at Man City. You're no. not told you do a good job by just fighting hard. Yeah. Where some clubs, you, yeah. you know, you get a dogs of war mentality yeah. and, and that's that's what you want. And that is cheered and applauded. At Man City, if he does a, a Rabina in the box, that's applauded. Yes. Other yeah, yeah. clubs, people would be throwing things at him for doing that, for, for putting them under, under pressure. So, yes, they need a centre-back. That is without a shadow of a doubt. But I also say they need a centre-forward. Yeah, and talking of centre forwards, he's not a centre forward at all. But Sane's back soon. He's uh, another midfielder. In, well, yeah, but <laughs> an attacking midfielder. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. But I do think Sane offers something a bit different. He's a bit more like Mares. He takes people on. Uh, he's a bit more direct. Um, and I think he's the kind of guy you can chuck on right at the end and go, we're struggling, make something happen. Yeah, but it's the same. Like, I, I get that it's different. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And and you're right. But it's doing the same thing better. Yeah. It's no, going, yeah. Like, if, you were, if you're not winning a game of football or you're 1-0 down, you have to make a change and you, you swap a left winger for a left winger, it shows a certain obvious confidence in what you're doing but a kind of ignorance to what you need to do to change a game of football. And by no means am I lecturing Guardiola about how to do yeah. it. He's better at this stuff than me. But, well, yeah. but ob- <laughs> objectively, when you look at where they have stumbled this year, it's it's in not changing. Yeah. And you've got to say that if you're going to do an Alex Ferguson, create a legacy. Obviously, he's created a legacy because mm. of the way the, the club have matched his styles. Mm. But if you're going to create... Uh, different cycles of football you actually have to go through a transitional phase during those cycles where you your style of football changes when um, United had Van Persie their style of football changed because the rest of their team was shit yeah. and they lumped it to Van Persie yeah. very different to the two years prior to that when they could play total football yeah. you know, so you have to accept that, that you play to the strengths of your players when you have them with a vision in mind to playing your perfect football yeah um I want to quickly talk about this game this morning um, and then we'll move off Man City. We talked about Man United a lot last week, so I don't really want to talk about them too much. But they were so crap. (laughs) So crap. It was embarrassingly crap. And Man City do have one plan and they do it incredibly well. But you know how they're going to play. As soon as you play Phil Jones centre-back... You're fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't play Phil Jones centre back and then expect to be able to look after Sterling, Mares, and Bernardo Silva. You're 
just not going to be able to. United are... Remember we spoke last week, why has he got this credit in the bank? It, it, you can't do that in a derby and not have everyone question it. Like, have we forgotten it's a derby? We, have we yeah. forgotten that there should be more passion there? That the actual fans of this club who spend their money and go see him every week live in Manchester and have to go to work the next day? Have to go to school? Have to live with themselves? Yeah. Like, we forget that's the real side of football. Although, this game this morning, semi-final of a cup competition, not sold out. Well, Man United, Man City, too legged though, isn't it? It's a joke. Yeah, well, that's is a big sign that the League Cup's dead. Like, if you can't sell out a Man United, Man City derby in a semi final, why are we playing the tournament? Well, this is the this is the thing. It, it, the problem is, it's a Man City, Man United semi final. There are so many bigger games for both of those two clubs. Whereas if it was a Watford Wolves semi final, it would sell out both legs. Yeah. So I, I think the the kind of the in comparison to the rest of the games that Man City are playing. It's not very big. It's two-legged. And to be honest with you, they know they're going to win. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, let's move off then. Talking of Wolves, you mentioned Wolves a second ago, and they were the team that beat Man City over Christmas. Wolves are sitting in seventh and only one point off fifth. They beat Man City in Norwich, but lost to Watford, who are not very good, but getting better, and Liverpool over the break. But I genuinely think they have a serious chance of coming fourth or fifth. They're, as I said, sat seventh. And they could also win the Europa League. Um, one thing that I'm hesitant about is they don't look like they're going to buy anyone in January and their squad's getting smaller and smaller and getting injuries and here and there. And Nuno always plays the same team every week. He's like, oh yeah, this was my team. Might tweak it here and there. Um, but I genuinely think Wolves have a real good chance. Chelsea is so inconsistent. Man United are a mess. Spurs, who knows, are coming forth. Well... One thing I, I think that I've, Wolves have got the same problem City have. They need a centre forward. And one thing you will love is that the only player who has scored eight goals who has a worse conversion percentage Raul Jimenez. is Jimenez. Yes. <laughs> After last week's show, yes. Who is on 12%. So he has had 68 shots on target and on the eight goals. Overrated. Well, it cost him 30 million. Very, very, very expensive player to have up front, which means that. Okay, so the, the reverse flip side to this is there. They're creating chances. They're creating chances that a striker can get on target. Yes. However, their striker is not putting them in. So if they don't buy a centre forward, or well, because they bought, they did buy a backup striker from Milan, whose name I can't remember right now. Um, who's a young guy, Italian, who did okay for a year or two and then went off the boil. Bit of a Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, well, John, John, whilst we're, whilst we're talking about Dom, do you want to know where he is on this list? All right, go on. Right up near the top, 22%. 22% a hero. Modern day hero, just below Danny Ings. <laughs> he was saying Danny Ings was crap last week. Danny Ings is brilliant. Well, he's, he's actually one below Sergio Aguero on 23%. That's pretty good. Yeah, come on. Um, but yeah, they Wolves bought a backup striker whose name I can't remember. He used to play for Milan. Um, but he's not really scored yet. But they have, they've got through the Europa League comfortably and now it's the knockout stages. And so I think they're in a position to really push on. And I'd, I'd quite like to see them do well. Just It'd be interesting this year if you had Leicester and Wolves finishing the top four. It'd be way more fun than it's just Chelsea, Spurs. It would. I would love it. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm all for that. I, I love seeing pretty people get punched in the face. And I, I think the, <laughs> having, the, having the top six fail to get top six is a good thing for football. Especially yeah. the top four failing to get top four I, I love it I love that that can happen yeah. I think it's a good thing this is the year it's going to happen because of the transitional phases some of those big clubs are in um, what's happened to Adama Traore he's brilliant 
He's suddenly like, the best player in the world. There, there, there's talk of him getting signed for every club ever. Yeah, Man it's City just, want to buy him now, and like. I reckon that just that picture of him with his big muscles has gone viral. It's like, <laughs> oh, who's this bloke? Oh. It's outrageous. Last season, all he did was run quick. Yeah. Remember? He was yeah. brought on to run quick from right back. Was he another... Well, he's played right wing back. They play... <laughs> he's another one of those <laughs> yeah. attacking centre forward right backs. Yeah. Who's the one from, from West Ham? Antonio. Yeah, he's yeah. the same. Yeah. It's outrageous. Yeah, he's another He's, another he's doing really well. And right he's, back. He has all the attributes to be brilliant, but has no end product. And he's beginning... He's still very young. He's only 22, 23. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the size of a house. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a large house. Yes, yeah, a young house. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but he's learning to get that final product to the crossing or the finish or whatever. So if he can sort that out, there's no reason yeah. he can't play at a very, very top club. I'm very, very confused about players called Triore and... Um, well, uh, well, there's there's so many of them, and you well, already said that there's like eight Triores, eight Adama Triores that play for the set for the same. Well, because Adama Triore can play for Spain or the Ivory Coast. Yeah, the Ivory Coast already have another winger called Adama Triore. So if he plays the Ivory Coast, they'll have two wingers with the same. Name. I'm also confused by Dembele. Yeah, there's lots of Dembele. Who's Dembele? He's everyone. Everyone, yeah. everyone's got a yeah. Dembele. Yeah. And now it's and on Dembele. Like yes. there's, there's Musa everywhere. Musa and is yeah. So there's different Musa Dembele. There's three Musa Dembele's. Yeah, that's, and there's other Dembele's, aren't yeah. there? Yeah. So what? Well, it's just it's lack of names. You can, uh, what do you mean <laughs> a lack of names? Everyone's running out of names. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's like the old day you have Smith and Jones, wouldn't you, in the UK? And uh, it's just like, oh, here's another Smith, another Smith. Oh, our last name's Dembele, I tell you what. Musa. Musa will work. Yeah. We'll name him after Musa Dembele. Yeah. It's going to be generations of Dembele's. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I'm assuming it's a popular name in wherever. Yeah. Where, where's Dembele from? Sorry. They're French. They're all French. Yeah. <laughs> they're all, <laughs> all French. Them. No, they're all French. Where are the all... Triores from? <laughs> France. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's all no, it's all French and um, African French countries. Wow! So yeah, it's all that area of the world. Poor Lewandowski's like, oh, I'm just lonely over here. Mm-hmm. Just, just one Lewandowski. That's an overrated striker. Well, it's an overrated name. They give him to a Dembele. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last thing on Wolves: they drew with Man United in the FA Cup at the weekend, which was the the big game, the big like Monday night game, nil nil, the most boring thing in the world. Um, Man United are crap. In all seriousness, do you? I know we've banged on about Man United, but in all seriousness, I say that Oli should is on borrowed time. No one else is saying that he's on borrowed time. What do you think? Do you think he's he's a goner? I don't think he's a goner. I think he should be a goner. Then this is everything that's wrong with the club. Yes, but they've put faith in him for a reason. If what they need to do is go. Ollie, do whatever you're going to do this season. Pochettino, his £75 million, come and be our manager from next season. That's what they have to do. If they, They're going to limp through this year. Um, and on paper, they can still get to fourth. They can still win a cup. They're still in the Europa League. They're, so on paper, it's okay. But if you watch it, it's crap. It's so horrible. It's yeah. it's so horrible. The only um, positive I could say about United this year is Obi Wan Bissaka. 
Yeah, he's amazing. I say he's 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 very very good. He is a complete lost sausage when he's got the football in the opposition half. But oh yeah, a, but don't a, attack. As a, as a defender, <laughs> he is excellent. Yeah, he's old school right back. Just yeah. kick people and win it. Yeah, but have you seen him make runs forward? Yeah, don't don't, don't just, do that. It's so funny. But the, the thing that's odd about that is he because he came. Why, Chris- is it, why is he making runs forward, John? Is that odd? What is that bad? What system have you got to set up that you go? Okay, well, I tell you what. Because fullbacks have to he's, attack. He's not now. a Triore. Yeah, but any um, of them. He's not any of them. When he was at Palace, so he was at Palace before he went to Man United, and in the U team, he was a right winger. Um, and then he got into the first team squad as a right winger, and they had a bunch of injuries at right back. And Roy Hodgson said, "Oh, can you just go right back for training?" Oh yeah. Um, and he did it for one training session, and they all went, "Hang on, he's really good at this." And then he just like do it again next week, and then I'm going to play you next week. Played, and then. That was like his first game in the first team at the start of last season. And everyone went, well, so he's only played right back for a year. Wow. And he was been a winger for the last 10 years of his life. Well, he's he's a very good defender. Do you know, if I ever played with anyone called um, Dembele, you know what I'd call him? What? Dumbele. <laughs> I'd call him Ndombele. And uh, he plays for Spurs in Dumbele. Dumbele. Yeah, N-D-O-N. Which one's the, the Dumbele? I don't know. The dumb one. I don't know. Um, let's move off Wolves onto Leicester. So Leicester's another team we didn't really... You, have you heard about the, um, the, the, the Greek Man United right back? No. Obi-Wan Moussaka. <laughs> You're Moussaka, idiot. that's right. That's yeah, a food. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, 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 <laughs> food. Yeah. 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 That is food. <laughs> um, Leicester over Christmas lost to Man City and Liverpool, which you can understand. But they've not lost their form, which I think is impressive. They've carried on playing well on the other two games they've played in. They've had Vardy out. I think he's been, he was injured for a couple of weeks, but now his wife's had his third baby. So he's had a week or two off. Rebecca. Rebecca Vardy. Yes. We all know about Rebecca. Yes. Rebecca the snitch. You've (laughs) heard about Rebecca the snitch? Yeah, with uh, Wayne Rooney's wife. Oh, scandal. (laughs) You've not heard about that. Don't bother. (laughs) Yes, true. (laughs) Um, But they seem to be still playing well. Uh, having lost Vardy and lost a couple of games. They haven't lost form at all. They play in this cup semi-final tonight against Villa, which they should win, really, over two legs. So they've got a chance of a trophy. They won the FA Cup. They could win a trophy and come top fourth this year. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. They, they absolutely could. Um, they, I watched uh, intently the Everton-Leicester game in the League Cup um, yep. over the Christmas period. And the first half, Leicester were... Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. I'd say that they um, they didn't like being put under pressure in the second half. You could see it. The, um, probably 60 minutes into that game was the first time Everton started playing football. And there was a... You could sense that the Leicester players were nervous. You know, it wasn't like... Sometimes you see an end-to-end game where both teams take turns in dominating. Yep. It wasn't like that. It was Everton... Re- Tained possession for a little bit, right. and you could see that Leicester kind of lost their structure, lost their shape, and lost their confidence, which I was really surprised yeah, to see yeah. for a team that's doing so well. I was surprised to see players being drawn out, and, I, and that certainly wasn't a result of excellent play on Everton's side. You could see it was a Leicester reaction, not an Everton pro action. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, however, that's the first time this year I've seen them be shaky. Yeah. Very, very good. Who's a better player, Madison or Grealish? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think long term Jack Grealish is 
Why? Because, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. Um, I think he's got a bit more mongrel about him. I think if I if you, if I was a manager of a team and I had to pick between Jack Grealish or James Madison in the biggest game of the season, I'd go with Jack Grealish. I could mm. trust his temperament. I could trust that he would never give up um, and he can make stuff happen. Madison can make stuff happen more so. He's more skillful than Grealish, but I think he's a bit flaky. Interesting. You know, I agree with you. Yes. However, uh, if I was, I agree that Grealish would be a, is slightly a better it's player very because, because of his, because of the attribute that Madison doesn't have. However, I'd probably choose Madison. I'd do it because of his set pieces. Yes. So the um, James Madison in what the last year and a half has created more chances for Leicester City than any other Premier League player has for their for their side. Yeah. However, if you take out set pieces, Kevin De Bruyne has. Okay. And if you take out set pieces, Kevin De Bruyne's first. And Jack Grealish is second. Okay. Nice. So Jack yeah. Grealish actually produces more yeah. open play chances than yeah. James Madison. However, football is not open play. Yeah. Purest football is open play. But how many times you've got a corner in a game? How many times you've got a free kick in the game? Yeah. And you can play badly and have a free kick. You can play badly and have a corner. And if you can win the game off the back of Madison set pieces, which are unbelievable. But you can have set piece takers... There's, in each team, there's a few people that are amazing at taking set pieces. So, Ashley Young, who's old and point, pointless now, still will take a brilliant corner and free kick. So, so you can spread that burden so, out. Yeah, so if you have Jack Grealish in your team, you spread the burden of... You don't ask him to take free kicks. The thing that Jack Grealish does as well is he can play centre midfield. So, in a 4-3-3, he can play in one of those centre midfield roles. Yeah. Madison can't. And that's the reason Southgate's not playing Madison for England because he will only play him in that front three. And he's a prick. Uh, yeah, well, that as well. <laughs> yes, he's on the twat armor. <laughs> but um, he's only playing him in those front three or as a number 10, which is where he primarily plays for Leicester. And he doesn't have that ability to go wide or to drop back into midfield. Hmm. Grealish has played in that front three on the left. He's played as a number 10 and he's played in the midfield as an eight. So he has that bit more flexibility about him. So if I... If I had fifty million pounds to spend tomorrow, I'd spend it on Jack Grealish. Interesting. I don't think that uh, Madison would ever captain a football side. No, Grealish is already. I wish captain. I could put ten dollars on that now that he will never be captain in his in his Premier League career. Obviously, mm. you know he could be a forty-five year old playing in Qatar and be, and be the captain because he's James Madison. But Grealish is already captain at what? It's twenty-one, twenty-two. Oh uh, no, he's a bit older. No, he's twenty-three, twenty-four. I think. Well, a bit older, twenty-three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whole two years. But he's already captain Aston Villa, yeah. and and maybe that's why he's putting a shift in. Yeah, I, 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 he loves right Aston Villa. Like he's grown up supporting them. But um, okay, take both players. And your Gareth Southgate, can you play them both in the same team? Oh, we're not having this again. I've I've had this my whole life. <laughs> my whole life I've been discussing two similar midfielders and whether or not they can play together. At the moment, none of them are playing in the <laughs> so, so I'd assume no. no. Yeah. Um, however, they are very, very similar. What, what strikes me about both is when you see them play and you concentrate on them, they both slow the game down so well. Yeah. Like they... Obviously, they have not, a bit of extra time. They in the have ball. the extra time and space, yeah. and that is that is special when a player does that. I why would you play them in the same team? Because there's there's no they mm. play the same role. Yeah, they, they 
that's what they do. But in, the, in my England squad, they both have to be in it. So who was it in the in um, the last World Cup? Well, it was oh, bloody who was on corners? Kieran um, Trippier. Was oh, Trippier yes. on, on corners yeah. for corners for England. Yeah. Remember every corner that Kieran Trippier hit was the best corner you've ever seen. It was yeah. for some reason he got this purple patch for the World Cup and then became a crap player. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But what that did was it meant that every single time England got one of those set pieces, it right. was Ooh. dangerous. Yeah. Madison gives you that. So yes, you can have specialists, but Madison can go left, can go right, and can take free kicks in any of that little pasty. Yeah. And it is so dangerous that if I was going to choose one, I'd choose Madison, even though I think Grealish is better. But if you've got Trent Alexander-Arnold playing right back, he can take just as good a free kick and set piece as anything Madison does. No, you're you're absolutely so, right. Which is the reason why Madison's not getting a game. He might be one of these players that doesn't get a game and then gets shitty and retires from England at 26. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he does. <laughs> yeah. um, but whilst we talk about Jack Grealish, Aston Villa um, have been massively inconsistent over Christmas. You think they're getting good and then they get bad again. They've lost their one striker, Wesley. Oh, he was in prime top four, <laughs> wasn't he, Wesley? <laughs> well, he scored his first goal in eight games and then got injured that game. Out for the whole season. Ah. Um, and then they've lost Tom Heaton, their goalie. Ah. Which is worse. They're looking at signing Joe Hart. Mm, I heard this rumour, yeah. I'm not sure that's a good idea. Like, Joe Hart's been awful for the last five years. He's not the solution. He's certainly not the solution. It, the, what was, um, you know, when he signed for Burnley? He's a, Burn, he's a Burnley subkeeper at the moment. Yeah. And remember, he went straight into the first team and they started losing. And yeah. as soon as they subbed him out... And put Tom Heaton put in. Put Tom Heaton in. They, start, they started winning again. Yeah. Joe Hart is not anywhere near the Joe Hart of old. No. He just hasn't been for years. And he still thinks he is, which means he's not doing the right things to, to be a good... Yeah. goalkeeper um, I feel sorry for them because actually I don't think they deserve to go down when you watch them play football they're not as bad as the teams around them but getting injuries like this at this time of the year it's not what they need do you know there's a player that they're looking at buying from Milan another Milan random striker a guy called Piatek or Piatek who's a Polish striker, who Milan bought off another Italian club whose name I can't remember. <laughs> it's um, going well, John. Yeah, it's a good story. Well. Yeah. Um, but basically, they bought him uh, 18 months ago and he had an amazing first six months. He was brilliant. Yeah. And then Milan have been on an awful run. They've changed through a couple of managers and Piatek's just had a couple of injuries and lost form. But he's really, really good. He's a kind of six foot three big striker that's way better with his feet than he should be. Yeah, um, okay. He's got a bit of everything about him. He's not the quickest in the world, but I would say he's a bit like Harry Kane in that he just can finish. And they're uh, in for him. And they're in for him. Um, and I think they're looking at a loan. He'll cost 25, 30 million. Like, he's a lot of money. But I think he's the kind of guy, if you get him in on loan, he will score a few goals quickly in the Premier League and will be really, really... Uh, he, he, for me, he's a top eight Premier League team striker. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how their January pans out because it's it really is make or break. They're only one point above the relegation zone, and obviously and they spent a shitload of money in summer. They did. We really like we discussed this at length at the beginning of the season. They didn't do a Fulham. No, it sounded like it, but they didn't. They didn't. on Fulham. Sorry, they've just signed a guy from Wolves for 15 million yesterday. So like, Fulham are still doing a Fulham. still doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they in the championship? Oh, they're in the top six. So, oh my so god, so they're close, but. Um, 
Yeah, so they, they didn't do a full them. They, they converted a lot of loans into permanent signings, and they lots of players were out of contract. They had to replenish. They were for, their hand was forced at the beginning of the season, mm. but there was always going to be a problem with integration. Um, and we're seeing the fruits of that now. It, it's not happened as quickly as it needed to for them. And they've had a, a couple of um, tough results to take. I think VAR has been pretty harsh to them a few times. But it doesn't matter. The table doesn't lie. One point off the relegation zone and, and injuries. I'd they struggle town. play in the League Cup against Leicester tonight, um, which they probably don't want to. Like, I don't, you, you want to win a cup, but when you're in their position, and they lost in the FA Cup to Fulham at the weekend, they're probably just going, oh, can we just lose? This would be quite nice mm. to lose now. And would you play a second string? Even though it's a cup semi-final, well, yeah, because you'd hope to unearth a striker. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I'd play, I'd play three well, under twenty-one strikers and hope one of them was really good. And I know that at home now, right now, Rogers going, Jonathan Codger, Jonathan Codger. He's ex Bristol City, who is their backup striker, who's oh, crap. He's okay, <laughs> thirty, six foot, lumbering nothingness. <laughs> okay, great. But he'll play tonight against uh, Leicester. Um, let's move on to Sheffield United. We've talked about Sheffield United quite a lot this season because they've been brilliant and surprised us all but they surprised us even more this week they signed Jack Rodwell like yes Jack Rodwell's not even had a club for six months no do you hear Chris Wilder's comments no so I I read an interview with him I didn't listen to it read an interview with him I can't understand his accent I always try and read what he says (laughs) Um, read an interview with him uh, when he first started training because he's been training with their first team squad for a month or so now Yeah, yeah and he basically said He's obviously a good player. He played for Everton and Manchester City. He's obviously good. He's yeah. lost his way. Let's just see Even what he does. Yeah. So he's obviously looked at him for a month and gone, Why not? okay, you're yeah. a good player. Problem is, everyone under the sun has seen Sunderland Till I Die. Thinks and, he's a prick. And Jack Rodwell's a prick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, arguably, you've got to say, like, he's got a family and kids and, and he will have got his, you know, he would have got a mortgage on his $17 million house when he played for yeah. Man City and thought he'd be earning that money for the rest of his life. Yes. And then he got signed in the ex-Everton revolution that was going on at yes. Sunderland with Stephen Pienaar and... Oh, God, yeah. You remember? <laughs> yeah. With David Darren Moyes Gibson. was in charge. Darren Gibson, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, who's that? Um, um, Aidan McGeady. And what was the left-back... Oviedo, Oviedo, all of all of, the whole gang got together up there in the northeast, and and he was on good money. So so there is part of me that goes, it's his job. Why would he take a pay cut in that documentary? Yeah. But there, it's far more human than that. And actually, you need to have some self respect. Yeah, and he didn't paint himself in a very good light. Well, I think the problem as well was that he didn't. You find you're getting paid way too much to be playing in League One at a club like Sunderland. But put some effort in. Like yeah. there wasn't the I'm going to train really hard. I'm going to try every week on Saturday. No, he's just in the gym, wasn't he? Yeah, it just didn't seem like he was caring, and that's a problem. Okay, here's a question for you, and you're not going to like it. Okay, would you rather re-sign Jack Rodwell or Adam Johnson? Oh, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Rodwell. You go, Jack Rodwell. Yeah. Adam Johnson was better, a better player in his peak. <laughs> he's a. <laughs> He's a convicted pedophile. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hmm. But Jack Rodwell's a prick. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you're going to go Jack Rodwell. I'd rather have neither. <laughs> I'd rather buy Piatek from uh, Milan. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see how Jack Rodwell because there's part of me that thinks he's only 26. Mm-hmm. Jack Rodwell, as a 19 year old, was the great hope. 
He was the guy. That's exactly right, yeah. When he scored that goal for Everton against Manchester United in the FA Cup, quarterfinal, semi-final, he was the future of English football. We spent the 2000s going, we haven't got a defensive midfielder or someone who can carry the ball and control it. And then we went, Jack Rodwell, six foot three, mm. plays centre park, wins the ball, can run with it, can pass. He's got it. Man United are going to spend 50 million on him. He's the greatest player of all time. Went to City. Went to City. Everyone's like, yeah, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He had a couple of bad injuries. Turns out he hasn't done anything, but there's you have that talent and you have the ability to improve. If he can sort his brain out, maybe he could be really good. Do you, do you know, going back onto more overarching Sheffield United, we talk about the secular nature of football. And mm. remember last week we were speaking about, you know, if you're learning from Guardiola by the time you're good at it, then you're, it'll be too late because football yeah. will have moved on. What we've, It's fair to say that no one was expecting to see the the type of football that Sheffield United are playing. No, well, we, we, we knew what we were going to try and do, but we didn't expect it to work so well. Yeah, and, yeah. and to be honest, unless you're watching the championship, no mm. one had seen, yeah. I had not seen, yeah. I say no one, yeah. I had not seen overlapping centre-backs yeah. crossing a football in my life. Yeah, and Danny Mills famously went on BBC Radio and went, oh yeah, they just play long ball, don't they? Yeah. Like, you're an idiot. So I actually think that there, there is, there are so many eyes on the Premier League. There are so many eyes on teams like that, and there are so many eyes looking for the new type of football that we are going to start looking for attributes in centre backs that we weren't looking for before. Yeah, we're nice. going to be looking for centre backs who can cross. Yeah. Well, it sounds like <laughs> madness, yeah. even saying it, and yeah. it will, like, it will make some of the greatest centre backs of our time turn in their grave. Yeah. But crossing ability would be an attribute that you go, oh, okay, well, that's good. Yeah. That might give us an option to have an extra man when no one's expecting an extra man. It might be a plan B or a plan C, and it's as soon as it becomes a successful plan B somewhere, yeah. instead of Sheffield United's plan A, the next cycle of football might incorporate attacking full, uh, attacking centre-backs. Well, because if you... Not to go on to a last decade, but because we've recently gone to a new decade, but in the last decade, the... Positions that have changed the most in football are goalkeeper and fullback. Agree, yeah. Goalkeepers now have to play football, whereas it used to just be keep the ball out of the net and they have to pass it. And you see Edison at Man City ping balls. Now they've got to spray it, yeah. Yeah, um, and Pickford at Everton. And then your fullbacks suddenly are these playmakers that bomb on, or if you're at Man City, they come into the middle of the park and pick up the ball off the centre-backs and create an overload in the middle of the park. And that's a whole new thing. Maybe the 2020s, it's the centre-backs who are going to be the people that go, oh, because that's because in theory, they're the one player on your team when you've got the ball that are free. Yeah, they're always surplus to requirements, they, always. Because their role is always when you don't have the ball. Yeah. So if you can make use of them when they you have the ball, like Chris Wilder is doing at Sheffield United, you've created an overload. And, and uh, you're, you're exactly right. And one um, position on the pitch that I'd like to think was um, existed before but has been made popular by Kante mm. is that defensive sweeper midfielder yeah. that is, is such a, a barrier to the back four. You know, what Kante... Kante's two men, you yeah. know, because of the way he plays. Yeah. And we saw it with Garner Gay at Everton and we're, yeah. we're seeing teams look for a player like that. We're not actually looking for their distribution. We're looking for them to play at someone better. But the way they, they cover from left back to right back as a screen... Actually, what that does is it even it doesn't just defend the back four. It frees up the two centre-backs to be more attacking because mm. that player is so disciplined at that job. Yeah. So what um, Sheffield United do so well is they take turns. You know, they don't yeah. both overlap at the same time. No. Of course, that might be you know the next <laughs> cycle in 2025 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 
They don't both do it at the same time, but that screening player is the one that drops back or takes turns with that centre-back. Yeah. Once they've swept up the ball and they distribute it, they're playing it, they're overlapping it to the winger, which is then being played out further on the yeah. wing to the centre-back because they still have cover at the back. So I actually think that um, now that we've all seen it and clubs, we, we talk about Man City not having a plan B. I tell you, John Stones could play like that. Yep. He's got that in his locker. What he doesn't have is the Kante mongrel. But yes. actually, Fernandinho does. And yep. Fernandinho is now playing as a centre-back. Yep. So if Pep was to adopt a more forward-thinking style of football, I can't believe I'm saying yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but if he was to adopt the next cycle in advance and look at his centre-backs as ball-playing centre-backs, as he already does, but not look at how they, how they, how the fullbacks cut inside and they go out, how they actually make it all the way up to the byline, but the Fernandinho's drop back, I think it's the next cycle of football. If um, Chris Wilder's the first manager we've seen do this, and he's done it at Sheffield United from League One Championship to eighth in the Premier League, if a job comes up, I'm looking at the... Obviously, Arsenal came up recently, Everton came up recently, Spurs came up recently... Is he ever going to be considered? What happens after this year? Does Chris Wilder, when Man United sack Oli, do they go, you know what, let's give Chris Wilder a go? Does he ever get that job? No, I don't think he does. My, my gut is he, yeah. he's, he's not inspiring enough. And actually, the, the problem is he might be a very forward-thinking, strategic coach, but he's such an old-fashioned man-manager that I don't think the modern game has a place at its top level yeah. to have... 19-year-old prima donnas be managed by someone like that, they wouldn't cope. Yeah. I, I think that when you are a hardened professional or, or from that background or mm. come up from League One to the Championship, you can cope with being managed like that. So the, the fact that it's almost... Um, that, that it's incongruent. The fact that he is so forward-thinking strategically, but so backward-thinking in the way... But don't get me yeah. wrong, I love the way he manages yeah, 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 because I'm I mean, watching yeah. it. I'd He's hate to school. be managed yeah. like that. I'd hate someone to speak to me the way Chris Wilder speaks yeah. to his players. I'd tell them to fuck off. Yeah. But his players don't, they, they rise to it, and that's a yeah. good thing. So, you know, I he won't him, get those jobs. No, I can see him at a West Ham or a Newcastle, one of those kind of big clubs, in inverted marks, that are think that they should be a top six club but aren't. Yeah, may, maybe a Newcastle. West yeah. Ham think that they're too big for their boots anyway. Yeah. Uh, sorry, West Ham fans. I, I mean, <laughs> the, the the vision of themselves now is not a vision yeah. that would accept Chris Wilder, even though they've swallowed some humble pie with accepting David Moyes. Yeah. So, I, and you know, when they were promoted, when Sheffield United were promoted to the Premier League, it was front page in Gazeta de la Sport. Is, yeah, is that, about, yeah, about the overlapping About the overlapping fullback. Yeah. So, so they made front page in Italy. Yeah. Before we even knew that it was happening. Which and means Italy's that, the home of tactical football. Yeah, so we know this is being absorbed in global football yeah. as something which is pretty outrageous. People are going to start copying it. Definitely. Absolutely right. And, but you know what they, they will do is they will start playing defensive midfielders and centre-back to be able to do that like Guardiola's doing. True. And then we'll complain that they can't defend. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll go on to the next cycle. <laughs> yes. Then we'll get a bunch of thugs standing at the back. <laughs> um, let's move on to Chelsea, a team we didn't really mention at all last week. I've written a sentence here on the running order. Chelsea are amazing, awful, great and terrible all in one week, which I think is what Chelsea are right now. They're somehow in fourth and five points ahead of fifth. Um, but you kind of never know what you're going to get. They lose to Southampton and they beat Arsenal away and you, you, they're really not sure what they're going to do. But their transfer ban is off. Are they going to buy anyone in January? Yes. And who are they going to try? There's been talk of Sancho 
from Borussia Dortmund, which I don't Why? Think... You've got Hudson Adoy. Why bother? Yeah, I agree. The other person they talked about a lot is Wilf Zaha, which for the same Again, reason. Why bother? You'll spend £100 million on a player that you've got Hudson Adoy. Yeah. I'm not saying he's as good, but you're in a cycle where you're playing kids. Yeah. Don't buy a 27 year old version of a kid you've got. If you're Chelsea, wouldn't you it's just so buy. So Chelsea to do that. Wouldn't you buy a centre back and a left back? Because that's the, the, their left back. They've got um, Emerson and Alonso, who are both a bit crap. Centre backs, they're okay, but they haven't got that one where you go, oh yeah, you're... I think I really rate Rudiger, mm. but you want one that's as good or better than Rudiger next to him. Whereas Zuma's not as good, Christensen's not as good, Tamori's very young. I think they need one that's like, yeah, we're a really. If they're going to bomb on, and in the next year or two go, yeah, we're pushing for titles, which is what they're meant to do as Chelsea. They need a Van Dyke or someone at that level, Harry Maguire kind of statement centre-back. I don't think that they will trust Lampard enough to spend their money. Yeah, okay. And, and by saying that, I, don't, I mean that they might buy players, but I don't think they're going to spend £100 million on a player. Yeah. So okay. they're not going to buy a Van Dyke. They're not going to buy someone who will walk yeah. in, change their side, fix their defensive problems. I don't think that will happen. I think that they might buy some... Thirty million pounds, okay, players, or whatever, yeah. or someone you've not heard of from somewhere that costs more than they should. Yeah. But I don't think that, I, you know, if it was the first ten games of the season, I, I think that he had so much credit. Everyone was going, "Oh my god, like, we've made the right choice." But you're right; they were they've been terrible and great and awful. And I don't think, oh, you know, my thoughts on Frank Lampard as a manager. And I think now the transfer ban's been lifted. I mean, Chelsea lost money as a club last year. They lost something like ninety-six million £96. pounds. They like paid twenty-six million to sack Conte. That's madness. Yeah, it's crazy. That does like not just him. He did have eleven staff, which is insane. Eleven, um, but to get rid of them all, it cost twenty-six million pounds. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's madness. But I think that if you are a business owner, which Abramovich is, and you forget. Abramovich can't get a visa to go to England now, can he? No. So he is a business owner who owns Chelsea Football Club, which is a very successful business venture for him. However, when it loses £96 million in a financial year, that he should be looking at who is in charge of this business. And he put £250 million or £247 million of his own money during that time into the business. So... Whilst he's lost three hundred and fifty million. So when you're looking at how you reinvest and how you build your business back up, yes, it might. You know, your romance goes out the window when you actually have bills to pay. And I'm not mm. saying he's got bills to pay. He's Roman yeah. Abramovich, and he might just be you can a afford his rent, whatever. Yeah. But he's actually, you know, he's made so much money out of his out of his academy, and he does run Chelsea like a business. Yes, he's pumped his own cash into it. And at the beginning, it was the first oligarch style. It was pre-Man City, Man yeah. City. But I just don't think that Lampard has shown that he is the man with the experience to, to start turning a profit again. Yeah. So yes, they'll buy they'll buy someone, they'll buy a few, but I don't think it's going to be a game changer. Will Chelsea finish in the top four? Oh, good question, John. Um, they're five points clear now, but they're a basket case. They I, could lose I, two games in a row, and Spurs could win two games in a row, and they wouldn't. And then, do you, the the thing is, when you ask that. Maybe they could. Of course they could. But if they fall out of the top floor, do they have the experience in their team to get back into it? I think the, the, we only have one previous season of Frank Lampard manager to go on. 
Derby started really well last year and then were awful for a few months and then scraped into the top six. I can see Chelsea having a really bad And run. then they bottled it in their crunch game. Yeah. I think that um, those players are young and I love that they're doing it. And mm. don't get me wrong, I love watching Chelsea this yeah, year. Which I'm is enjoying rare. It. I'm yeah, enjoying yeah. every minute of it. But those players are not the type of players to like grab it by the scruff of the neck and go, we need to, they won't do what Man City do and you know, win 17 games in a row to win the league. That just won't happen with that no. Chelsea side. So uh, once they're out of it, they're out of it. They could stay in it, but once they're out, they're out. Um, let's move on to the last few teams we've not mentioned over the last two weeks. Now I'm going to circle two together, which is Crystal Paris and Burnley. They're really boring. Don't care. Just don't care. Like, <laughs> what do they? they don't, what, what, what do they add to the Premier League? Um, Wilf Zaha. Yeah, Wilf Zaha. Between the two of them, they add Wilf Zaha. They're boring. Like Roger likes Roy Hodgson's face. I like Roy Hodgson's face too. But Sean Dyche's voice is quite I like funny. They've got a wood barn up front. A wooden yeah. barn. Wood barns. Barns what? made out of wood. Who's wood barns? Wood. The two different players. Chris Wood. Oh, and uh, Ashley Barnes. Ashley Barnes. Oh, <laughs> I, I like that. That's a thing. Exactly. That's the thing There's I nothing. enjoy on a team sheet. There's a wood barn. So I, I just feel sorry for their fans. It must be so boring. Um, what, but what else do you expect? It is yeah. like at least we look at two teams that are on the same points this year, Burnley and Brighton. Who would you rather support? The, oh, Brighton! Absolutely, oh, millions like, of percent. It's yeah. roller coaster football. It's dynamic. You can see like they're planning for the future. It's wonderful, and 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 that only compounds the depression that follows a, a club like Burnley. Yeah. But go on, let's move on to Brighton then, because uh, Aaron Moy is playing really well for them. Phenomenal. Really, and really good, yeah. great goal um, over the Christmas period. And then the Iranian winger, whose name I'm going to try and pronounce, Yohan Baksh, I think. Yohan Baksh. Yohan Baksh. Yohan Baksh. <laughs> yeah. um, scored an overhead that was amazing. What a goal, yeah. Um, but then also, that was his first goal in about 18 months since he's been there. And he played really, really well in the World Cup in 2018 mm, I remember him yeah um, and everyone's like oh they've done really well to sign him and then he's I think he's just struggled to adjust to life in the UK and get into the team that's fine but now he's playing really well and if they get him playing well they have a player on their hands yeah, completely agree and without moving too quickly off your Aaron Moy comment mm. um, I, I fear with Aaron Moy that he has got a bit of the Dulafeo around him okay when he's good He's really good. He dictates the game of football. Mm. And you look at him and you go, well, why isn't he at one of these super clubs? Because, yeah. again, he's, he's when we were talking, who we were talking about before, who, who dictates the pace, slows the game down when it needs to be. Like, his vision is incredible. But when he's bad, he gets two yellow cards in the first 30 minutes of a football game and gets sent off. Yeah. So I, I worry that he is going to have a reputation of, of being flaky, just like Dilafeu. Yeah. You know, on his day, he can play for anyone. But I think we need to reflect on that and go, on his day, he can play for anyone. And that for Aaron Moy, Melbourne City fame Aaron Moy, who, we, who remember, well, went to Bolton Wanderers and, and didn't get a game, came back yeah. to Australia to play for West Sydney. And we Sydney. watched him for two years at Melbourne City. And we, were, we watched him, and you were more emphatic about how good he was than I was, but watched him and went, oh yeah, he should do all right, I've said, in a championship team at best. Yeah. And I always thought he wasn't fast enough to cope with the Premier League. He had the technical ability, but the actual pace and turn of that yard of pace, first yard. But he's proved me wrong and been able to do it for two years in the Premier League now. And I, if 
Brighton won't go down, but if Brighton were to go down, he'd get signed by another Premier Just League. Just like Huddersfield. Yes. He deserves his place in the Premier League. Yeah, and he'll be a Premier League player for the next three or four years. There's nothing stopping but that. Do you know what it was when I, when I was watching him every week in the A-League? It was the, the angles of his passes. Yeah. I know this yeah. it sounds yeah. it might sound nuanced or, or clumsy yeah. or whatever as a, as a comment to say, but he would pick a pass that you as a spectator didn't see. Yes. And that is always it's this telltelling sign that, yeah. that the way he visualizes the game is it, it forces you to spectate. Yeah. Like it forces you to just watch and enjoy instead of forcing you to go, oh my, you know, how many times do you watch football and you're like, party, yeah. to your left, to yeah. your left, yeah. and then they take an extra touch, you're like, why didn't you? He was free. He was Especially free. in the 80s. Like, you scream yeah. at it. But Moy would play passes that you just couldn't see before he saw them. Yeah. And he'd play it, and you're like, oh, that is succulent. How did you even spot that? And my, my presumption was that as soon as you get to the Premier League, you wouldn't have the space or time to make that pass. So you might see it, but you wouldn't get into the position to do it. In the A-League, you have that much more pace and everyone else isn't as good. But he's made that happen in the Premier League and he's getting into those little pockets of space. I think I really like where he's playing for Brighton in that kind of... They wear, play this weird cube midfield four yeah, and he plays one of the front two and he just pops up in the penalty box, pops up on the left, pops up on the it's right. amazing. And yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah. But you know, you don't, if your first touch is good enough, you don't need pace. No. Because your first touch puts the ball where you want it yeah. to be. You don't have to run there. Yeah. And what was it Perlo used to say? Was it, was it Perlo who only had averaged one tackle a game? Something Possibly, like yeah. And it was like, well, why, if, if football is good enough in your brain, why do you need to tackle? Because yeah. you should be standing in the right place in the first place. Yeah. And you don't and need more, and and Perlo like, was slow. Yeah, so slow. But you're never going to question the, yeah. the fact that he was in the right place at the right time every time. Yeah. I'm not saying Moyes is good as Perlo, but I'm saying that he deserves his place in the Premier League and that, that is a sight to behold. Hell yeah. So the last two teams we've not mentioned yet over these last two weeks are Newcastle and Norwich. Now, Newcastle still don't love Steve Bruce. Okay. Um, they've won some games. And then over Christmas, they've kind of been a bit off the boil. Um, but Almiron scored his first goal. Mm, he loved it too. When he and did, he really yeah. loved it. And I really enjoyed watching that. Yeah. And he scored another one since, which is good. Um, but they only just drew in the FA Cup with Rochdale, um, one all. And the guy that scored for Rochdale was a guy called um, Aaron Wilbraham. 40 years old. Wilbraham. Did he play for Bristol City? He played for Bristol City. Yeah, there we <laughs> go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some bunch of shit old big bloke strikers he played for Bristol City. Um, I've got to say, and it might be because I'm on my third glass of brandy, mm. I'm starting to warm to Brucey. Oh, really? I am. I, li- I like him as a human. Well, that's it. I didn't really like him as a human. But, but I really I'm, like him as a human. I just think he's shit at football. I'm just starting to... To uh, look, he, he's doing much better at Newcastle than I expected. I hear interviews with him; he's much more articulate with the way he describes his players and their attributes than I expected, yep. or, or not than I expected than I was used to. Yeah. And in honesty, he has had the world against him this whole season, and he's held himself in exactly the same way. Even the Newcastle fans are against him, let alone all the pundits, us. You know, we, the whole world, the whole world against, against him, and yet still he's yeah. like head held up high. I know what I'm doing, and, yeah. and if Newcastle survive this Premier League season, I really need to eat my hat and and give him the credit he deserves. And they are on 25 points, same as Everton, same as Southampton, more than Brighton, more than West Ham, and safe at the moment. They're comfortably safe. The only thing that, that will definitely still be a complete clusterfuck is um, 
that striker they bought. Joe Linton. Joe Linton. One goal all year. Forty million pounds. The thing with Joe Linton, he's a crap striker. Joe Linton. Joe Linton. Um, but Joe Linton, crap striker. But they spent forty million on him and said, "Oh, you're a striker." For Hoffenheim, who he played for last year, he played left wing. Like he's never played as a centre forward ever in his whole career. So, like, it's weird that they bought him as a centre forward. Like, if you look at Hoffenheim's every game last season, he played left wing, didn't score many goals, and was okay. He's quick, strong. I don't know if he can cross the ball or whatever, but he played left wing. Strange. The, the, the thing that you have to accept as a Newcastle fan, he's not going anywhere. No, no. When Mike Ashley spends £40 million on a player, he is at your club for five years. There yeah. is nothing, because no one's going to buy him because he's playing very badly, which means that you will be playing him every week to get your fucking money's worth. Yes. Which means, <laughs> like, you are stuck with that bloke. So you better hope Steve Bruce p- improves him because he's, he's yours now. and he's yours for a while. Yeah. Andy Carroll started playing well. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's fit for a bit. Do you know, uh, okay, uh, something that's doing my head in. Okay. Have, you watched, have you watched any Newcastle games in the last, last few weeks? Not much. A bits and bobs. There is almost a, um, like an addiction to talking about how big and strong and hard Andy Carroll is. Yeah. Yes. The, like, it's the same as when you watch the Australian Open on the tennis. Like, oh, Nadal, look at his muscles. Look how big he is. Look how always sweaty. So infuriating. Yeah. Every time anyone goes up for a challenge or goes for a header or goes at, or even marks him at a yeah. corner, they go, Ooh. Oh, shouldn't have put him on Big Andy. Yeah. Shouldn't put him on Big Andy Carroll. Yeah. Oh, he's jumping next to Andy Carroll. He should know better than that. <laughs> or or they should have bought like it's the commentators are stuck seven years ago when he signed for Liverpool and he was like the next great British hope. Yeah. But he's not anymore. No. But they just can't stop saying anyone up against Andy Carroll is worse off because the other bloke's Andy Carroll. Yeah. Like when are you all going to just get out of your caves? Yeah, he's got no knees. Right, Norwich, the last team we haven't mentioned over the last two weeks. They've done... Uh, they're bottom of the league. Bottom of the league. Uh, <laughs> five points from safety. Um, they did okay. They got two draws. They played okay. They got two draws and two losses over the Christmas break. They won in the FA Cup. And a 19-year-old called Ida scores a hat-trick for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard of this guy before, but he's Irish, um, and he plays for Ireland under twenty ones, as lo- well as the guy Connolly who plays for mm. Brighton, Oberfemi who scored for Southampton when they beat Chelsea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and Troy Parrott who's the Spurs backup striker. So Republic of Ireland have four under twenty one strikers. They're all teenagers playing in the Premier League. That is my only Norwich fact I have. Which very, is quite very interesting. Um. I don't think Norwich are going anywhere. You don't no. think they're going down? No, 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 they're going down. Okay. I don't think they're going anywhere. They're coming back up afterwards? They're coming back up afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I remember listening to a, an extensive interview with their sporting director, who used to be their groundsman. You remember this story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he worked his way up the ranks. Yeah. Uh, oh, he used to be a groundsman at Liverpool. He was a groundsman somewhere else, and then kind of, yeah, learned yeah, his trade. Yeah, worked with Rapidly. Yeah. And now he's sporting director, or football director, or whatever you call it, uh, head of football, sport guy yes. at Norwich. And he said they had two plans. They're, from the beginning of the season, they have two plans. One is to stay in the Premier League. One is to go down. 
and both are strategized. Yeah, they know what they're doing with their money. They know what they're doing with their with their players, with their youth, with how yeah. they invest their parachute payments versus how they invest their prize money. Yeah. They they have two plans already, and I think the fact that they are staying close to their manager, there is never a sniff that a sniff that Farker is under pressure. No, it's never mentioned. He doesn't look under pressure. No. He looks like he is comfortable because he knows there is two levels of expectation. On yeah, him. it's not. Stay in the Premier League at all costs, and if you're bottom at Christmas, we're going to sack you and try everything we possibly can do. It's not like that. No, and I was, I was listening to a different a, a rival podcast the other day, um, and they were talking about Norwich and going, "Why wouldn't you just spend money in January? Like you've got to stay in the Premier League. It's where you want to be. Just spend money. It'll be brilliant." I'm just like, that's the dumb, no strategy, just chuck money at it, see what happens plan that yeah. doesn't work. And they, like you said, they do have a plan. And I like that. And it means that the longevity of the club can carry on. And it also means if every club works like that, every you wouldn't have the berries of this world going bust it's, and stuff. That's exactly have- right. It's, 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 it's immoral to have that advice to a club. Remember when they beat Man City at the beginning of the year? Yes. Their whole first team squad cost £12 million, something like yeah. that. Like, absolutely brilliant. They've not reinvested in that squad they've gone well, let's, let's coach let's get, make the mess out of these players and he quoted the Burnley model remember Burnley came up yeah, went got down. relegated yeah. kept the manager mm. kept the style of football got the parachute payments reinvested in squad players to build up their capabilities of surviving in the Premier League yeah. raced away in the Championship and now you don't remember Burnley not being in the Premier League they're no. a Premier League club we just said that they're the most boring club and the complete waste <laughs> of their, their position at least Norwich played big decent football but that's exactly right So and Norwich just completely romped the championship last year so the, the fact that they've not changed they've not changed their manager and they have a plan to go down yeah. means I, I think they're not going anywhere I, I think this Norwich side in two years time will be back in the Premier League and they will be a much more formidable outfit yeah awesome um, that's all the teams Jeff, over the last two weeks on date night, we've gone through all 20 teams for the whole Christmas period. I'm amazed we have so many opinions, John. I'm, yeah, shocked. Um, I can't wait for actual weeks of Premier League to come. The Premier League is back next week, which is excellent. Um, before we go, do you have any side stories? Um, no. I, I, I wanted to bring up the fact that uh, Sam Kerr played her first game for Chelsea women's team this week. So she's played for Perth Glory uh, for the last few years here and she's played in America when the A-League season's not on um, but she's joined Chelsea and apparently she was brilliant in her first game she just looked a cut above everyone else in my opinion Sam Kerr is the best female player on the planet she's so good uh, she's better than the um, American who won the female Ballon d'Or this year Megan Rapone yeah I, I just think she's phenomenal to watch just like Aaron Moy she's got yeah. space she's got time she can shoot from distance she's a phenomenal player and it's great that she's in the Premier League because yeah. she'll bring crowds she's an exciting yeah. player Gets and if you have Optus and watch the Premier League on Optus you can watch the whole women's Premier League on Optus as well oh that's great so you can watch Sam Kerr um, Sadio Mane won African Player of the Year Yes, you see that, which is which is great, um, and in all of the uh, the oozing of congratulations over Sadio Mane, a great stat rolled rolled through my scroll bar. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to pull it out as a side story. Um, do you know Mane has never lost a league game at Anfield? Jesus, he signed for Liverpool in two thousand sixteen. Wow. That's, that's ridiculous. That's very very good. Yeah, um, I, I, he's really good. He is really good. <laughs> Dude, I was 
when he when I saw that he's the best African player yeah yeah, he's the best in all of Africa but um When I saw that he won that, I was like, great. And then you see that Salah was also in the top three, and you go, oh, he plays for Liverpool as well. But when... Take yourself back three years, four years, 2016, Saido Mane was a good Southampton player. Just a quick Southampton player. Yeah, yeah. a bit flaky. Like, we score four goals in one game, then disappear for three weeks. Yeah, Salah was a okay Roma winger that had one good season but we weren't really sure if he was any good he was crap at Chelsea Firmino played for Hoffenheim in Germany scored a few goals but wasn't really a striker wasn't really a number 10 the three of them now are the best front three in the world how did that happen? That's a, yeah. <laughs> like 20, I wish I knew if, if in 2016 if you said these three are going to be the front three that are going to be the best in the world in 2020 you'd say mm. fuck off like there's no way when Liverpool pay 30 million for Mane you're like oh, you're right I thought it was a bit outrageous at the time yeah, yeah. and they did the same with Wijnaldum from Liv- yeah. Newcastle and actually when they, when they bought Lana and Mane from Southampton I thought Lana was going to be a better player yeah and actually Mane is exceptional he's ridiculous well you've you got to say it's down to the coach yeah, that's the only thing that you can say is if those three players have, got, and also they were bought for a system. Yes. So you'd argue that where they were playing in their other clubs or the players they were playing with wasn't getting the most out of them. And actually, this Liverpool system is, and players in a front three like that who have fullbacks like Liverpool have are just eating cake for breakfast. Oh yeah. Um, I have one last side story. Do you remember UC Jaskolainen? Yes, yes. I his, used to have him in my um, fantasy Premier League every week. His son played in the FA Cup this week. Shut up. Um, for Crew, his son's name's Will. But yeah, he played in goal for Crew in the FA Cup. And do you remember Darius Vassell? Yes. His nephew, Isaac Vassell, played for Cardiff oh, in the FA Cup <laughs> this week. I still hate Darius Vassell. Yeah. Why? Because he missed a penalty against Portugal in Euro... 2006. Yeah, 2004? 2004. <laughs> yeah. Still... 16 years ago. Cause, cause I... Whoa. Was that 16 years yeah, ago? 2020 now. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah just because I, I remember... Because he played up front. And yeah. I remember, like, we were... We needed to score. I remember he walked up and yeah. I'm like... Was oh. this the year at Glastonbury? No, this oh. was the year... I was working in a nightclub at this point. I always right. remember watching it on the big screen. Yeah. Um, I remember him walking up and thinking, "Oh, Darius! Oh, great! That's great! This is great news! Like he's a, he's a striker! Like he's good! He, he, he's been on the pitch! He's good!" And I'm thinking, "Why is he going number five? Yeah. Like, what? Oh, he's actually number six! Like he didn't even nominate himself. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, why wasn't he in the top five? And you could see his face. I'm like, oh no, oh Darius, yeah. Darius! You've gone from Darius to Darius. <laughs> like you, you, you're killing me. And he stood up so shaky. It was the worst penalty. I've never forgiven the bloke. Yeah. I, st- I probably hate his son. What does he play for? His nephew. Nephew. Yeah. Uh, plays for Cardiff. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Neil Warnock's Cardiff. Is it still Neil Warnock's Cardiff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. still there. Very good. Um, right, that's us done for the week. Have you got anything before we go, Jeff? No, it's going to be great to um, have a full weekend of Premier League football next week. It's going yes. to come back and talk about actual games. It's great to have Roger back. It's pretty sick of you, John. So Isn't next it? week, should we just make Rog talk for an hour? Oh, yeah, I'm sick of me. Yeah, I, my voice is awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week with uh, the full quota. Um, don't forget, if you want to get in contact, ask questions or tell us we're wrong about something just find us on facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com thanks everyone see ya bye